0: Failure is part of the process. I've failed more times last year than most people have have, have been, you know, in their lives. Yeah. Because if you don't fail, you don't know, you
1: don't learn. This is not a podcast to just get you motivated and inspired. This podcast comes with the sole purpose to discuss strategies that we can all implement into our business right now that can increase how much money we earn. We'll hear from successful business people about marketing, sales, recruitment, training and mindset. The key principles to grow a business, make it recession-proof and thrive in today's business world. James. Thank you so much for joining us uh, at Weekly Business Talk. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you. Absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for asking me to come on. No problems at all. And I'm glad you did come on. And, and, and first and foremost, let me just share a little bit about the podcast. Um, so we have you know thousands of listeners that tune in uh, every week to listen to, Bill, well, from small and medium-sized business owners, the usual things that they'll come against come up against. The problems, the the you know, what hear success stories of other you know successful business owners, and um, and we talk about the, the strategies and the, the the hints and tips when it comes to marketing from you know building funnels, SEO, how to sell better, how to be a better leader, you know, just personal development, just everything that a business owner um, would need in order to improve their business, to stabilise their business in times like now, but then to improve, to grow their business, to hire. You mentioned obviously about a radio station that you had done there, which was, um, you know, change your business. What was it from the inside out? Yeah, yeah. And that's a great example, actually. All the advice and guidance that we give on the podcast is really so that the business owner themselves can take it in, improve themselves, and then subsequently roll that out to their business. And of course, during these times with this pandemic, kind of all over the world, um, I thought there's no better person to have on board but yourself just now to share some knowledge on the motivational aspect. The leader, I mean, if there's ever a time you want to improve your leadership skills, I think right now is a perfect time, of course. And so, so I wanted to just hear from someone that's every single week sharing that kind of information. So, of course, I, I thought I would reach out to yourself. So I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Absolutely. Scott, to looking forward to it. So so tell me, give me a little, what is the, what's Jamesy's sort of, you know, if you were to give me a little five minute bio of where it all began for you, because I understand you have not always been doing this kind of leadership and development coaching, you were in the, the big corporate world with, you know, billion dollar businesses, oil industry, but tell me a little bit about it, where did it all begin? It all began in a wee place called Wisho, mate, <laughs> I'm born and, and bred, well, so
0: cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah, born and bred, your boy, and um Usual story. Left school. Didn't have a lot to show for myself, but I always had that, that, that cheeky, that, that you know thing inside me that I was always going to do something. I didn't know what. I just knew I was always going to do it. Uh, became a sparky. Believe it or not, I was an electrician. I served my time as an electrician with a company called Weir Macquisten. And I, I, so I did electrical work up until I was in my mid-twenties. And then I went back. I thought the only way I'm going to get anywhere in life is if I go back to college. At least that was my mindset at the time. Because I didn't really understand entrepreneurial spirit. None of that stuff was about. The internet wasn't really about if I'm absolutely honest. So it was kind of, I went back to college, got an HNC, got an HND. And then I joined um, uh, the semi-fab industry. And I worked for a company called Intel that makes the processors. So I was living over in Dublin, and I did that for a few years. I I went to America for 18 months to train, then I came back and I was living in Dublin, and did that for a few years, but I just didn't enjoy it either. And I've always been a risk taker. I've never been frightened of calculated risk. So I decided one day, I I put the house up for sale in Dublin, packed, packed my bags and came back to Glasgow. And I joined the oil and gas industry. And I was 28. By pure default, I don't ever remember actually applying for the job. But by default, I I, I got a phone call from a guy up in Aberdeen saying, look, we've got your CV here. We'd like to interview you. And it was the old Thistle Hotel in Glasgow, which is now the Double Tree Hilton in Glasgow. Had an interview in there. uh, Two guys in a hotel room. Smashed interview. They offered me the job. And I started as an engineer. Uh, and my job was literally traveling all over the world. So I was an electrical specialist for for variable speed drives. Um, about two years into the role, I ended up doing a, a, a kind of junior manager's job. So they moved me to Oman, and I was doing a field service manager's job. I was, I was living there, absolutely loved it. And um, I was sitting one day, and I was looking at the, the, all the numbers, and I'm thinking to myself, how are we losing money? So this is kind of how it all started. I thought, how are we losing money? You know, I've got my guys working around the clock. There's people here, you know, literally 365 days a year. I couldn't understand why I'm losing money. So I went to my accountant one day and I says, go and bring me up the most, all the jobs that we do. You know, the 10 uh, most, most regular common jobs that we do for the oil companies. So he brought me up a list. And it turned out that all the guys that we had most of them didn't have the skills, so we were actually paying for guys to fly out. So I was actually paying other people to come in and do work that we used to have been tasked to do. So anyway, retrained the guys. Within six months, we were into you know, making million-dollar profits, and the, the leadership team had noticed it. So that was my step into the, the leadership side of the oil and gas. I then moved to Saudi. So I lived in Saudi Arabia. I was a country manager for Saudi. It was about a $160 million business, um, which is pretty small for oil and gas. Um, I did that for about four years. I then got promoted um, to Saudi, Kuwait, and Bahrain and Qatar. So they call it a regional manager. That was about $608 million business. And by the way, I was all doing this in the skin of my teeth. I'd never done finance in my life. But what I did was I learned. Yeah. I, I would go to my accountant and say, Go and teach me gap analysis. I don't understand this. Go and teach me PL. You know, so I was always willing to push myself, let's say. And, and that was it. And then, you know, I get promoted again. I looked after the Middle East and Asia. I think it was about a $4.2 billion business. Um, I then went into career development. So this is how I got to where I am today. Part of my growth, I was at what they called a high potential employee. And so my my career was basically mapped out over the next five years once I'd moved into senior management. And part of that process was moving into accounts for 18 months, moving into career development, HR, for 18 months, to really give you, I suppose, um, how was it I was put to take my rough edges off this diamond. So I went through these different uh, uh, development plan parts for the company I was working for, which was Baker Hughes. So they're a big, big player. And um, when I did the career development in HR, I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved it because I went through operations and the operational kind of mindset to people. And that's when I realised the power of developing your staff, understanding and talking to them. And I then then went on a path myself, uh, Scott, um, of 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 personal development, professional development. I uh, became a, a master practitioner in NLP. Um, I started attending a lot of per, uh, professional development stuff, and uh, really, really, kind of. I suppose I could never understand. I always felt like I can do anything. I would look at somebody right. And I, and I would look at my thought. I can do your job. The only reason is you get more experience than me. If I just learn, I'll be able to do the same job. So I had this mindset, and then I started to really understand it. So anyway, long story short, I moved in. I was living in Dubai. Moved from Dubai to Kuala Lumpur. A few years there, running the business. Back to Dubai. Dubai. Sat with the wife one day and says, "Look, I want to start my own company." And she says, "What?" I says, I want to start my own company. She worked for the same company. Um, I want to start my own business. She says, doing what? And I says, I want to teach people what I know. I want to teach people that it's not about, you know, uh, how much experience you've got. It's not about knowledge. Knowledge is only powerful if you use it. Yeah? It's about this. It's about that self-belief and that confidence. And once you get that, and once you start to actually believe in yourself, magic happens, in
1: my opinion. I, and that's I, I I no, I I would I would totally agree. You know, you, how many times do you or how many how many times have you came across someone that you feel that's got something about them, but for some reason it doesn't it doesn't quite happen for them, as you say, the rough diamond. And normally it's because they're just missing a few little pieces. Normally, self belief is one of them. I would certainly, uh, and there's obviously more to it than that. But um, so nonetheless, you decided to to start. No, was because now now obviously you're the founder of the power within, but was it always that, or was it did it track? Did it through time become that? No, no, no. Well, we packed our bags up in Dubai. We
0: came back to the UK. We actually moved to Aberdeen initially. Um, even though I'm I'm I'm, I'm a Welsh boy, so we moved to Aberdeen. And when um, we actually took a month and a half off, so we came back. We took a month and a half off. We went to Tenerife, and it was the month of January. 2017 and we came up with the business name we came up with our motto our logo our, our uh, um our, our core values me and the wife's the wife the wife's co-founder um yes. she's my wife's actually form so she brings a wee bit of, um a different outlook as opposed to the business and on the 15th of february we we registered the business as the power within and the rest is just you know i had <laughs> not a, Mate, I hadn't a clue. I'd never run. Ra- I'd run, you know. I had a marketing company. I had salespeople. I had all these people that did all this stuff for me. And all of a sudden, I went. I remember going networking. Right now, I'm quite a confident guy. And I remember going networking for the first time. And it was up in Aberdeen. And I walked into this
1: networking event. I turned and I walked straight back out. <laughs> <laughs> Just because what I was, totally oh. was foreign to you. It was. It was. I was new, it was, was it scary? What what was your thoughts just Oh terrifying man? I mean
0: absolutely terrifying and I'm a confident kind of guy, you know. I don't really get phased, but I walked into this this venue and I just thought, I'm looking at these people, and they're all sitting in their wee groups, and I'm just thinking, this is weird. I walked out, I walked outside for a couple of minutes, and I thought to myself, get a grip. And I just walked in and I walked out I thought, look for a crowd of people and just go right and go, hi, how are you doing? I'm James, nice to meet you. And that's what I did.
1: <laughs> and, but, and and that was it for me. The rest kind of just take care of itself. And just transition there. I mean, yeah. um, it's funny that you say that there, that um, it just shows that all of us um, have areas which are, I mean, certainly with right now as well, we've all got We've all got strengths, we've all got weaknesses, uh, but it just shows that you can obviously address some of those things that are, you know, maybe classes as a weakness or something you're not quite as strong as. You can obviously overcome these through time. Um, well, tell me, tell me more. What, what is the power within? Tell me what you're doing right now before we go on to, because I really want to get to the nitty-gritty of what business owners, right now, what we and by maybe not just business owners, but everybody really is in this very difficult time right now with the coronavirus and, and it's affecting the economy. Well, it's not quite affected the economy yet, but it's no doubt going to affect the economy. People are starting to lose their jobs. The government have put huge stimulus packages to try and push things on, but it's clearly going to affect things to some extent. So before we get into what business owners and people can do to keep themselves motivated and, and, and try and um, deal with this the best way they can, you know, come out the other end of it in, in the best possible shape, tell me what is it that you are doing right now within the power within Prior to this, and, and right now I know you're still out doing things online right now, you've pivoted uh, to doing it online instead of face-to-face, but what, what is it you're teaching business owners right now? Right, so, so
0: what we did is I developed years ago, you know, working back maybe five or six years ago now, I developed, remember I told you I went through a process of self-development, personal development. So what I actually started to do, I looked at the people, you know, I had a team of country managers and, and country sales directors, there was about 25 of them that reported directly into me. And what I did is I took, I took um, time out and what I actually sat and tried to understand how come only a small percentage of these guys are like really successful? And the rest are always excuses and just getting by. So I, I went through a process of trying to understand what makes successful people successful. And it honestly comes back to the mindset. It was really down to that. So I created a thing called the seven steps to success and by the way this does not just mean business this is you can take the same seven steps scott and you can be seven steps to the perfect career seven steps to whatever if you it's the same process it's about creating a foundation foundation and then building on that and i I created this this process that i believe and still doing and by the way proven beyond all reasonable doubt that it really really works so it's basically, it's I, I take people who are either in business or leadership or sales, and we take them from just getting by, or or being semi-successful, make you know just making their 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 their, their, their quotas or their targets, to smashing them at the water. The leadership skills is you know every you know leaderships it's a learned thing, it's not a born thing. You know, here's a cracker for you. How we, you talked about strengths and weaknesses. Every strength that you have right now, Scott, was once a weakness. Mm-hmm. Every strength. So if you take the, that same concept in sales, here's another one. Every top 10% of salespeople in the world were in the bottom 10%. Yeah. And, th- and that's what I do. I mean, yeah. I do exactly that. I take that bottom percent or that middle and I make them, I don't make them, I, I help them understand the process to go for the bottom 10 20 to the
1: top and is, and is that is, in a you, nutshell yeah, yeah no listen and, and and that's the best way to summarize it um so whether it's a personal i mean it's predominantly business people but then business people are just normal people at the end of the day anyway but what we're saying here is that you take these sort of average people that are not fulfilling their full potential Show them a strategy or a, or a process to really kickstart and push on to bigger and better things. So, do you believe that now success, first of all, is quite subjective? You know, success, Mary. you know, it's, it's different for everybody. But, do you believe to be successful that it is available to everybody that you just need to follow certain steps, certain, you know, principles and strategies? Do you believe that everybody can get their success? 100% hundred percent
0: there's nothing anybody that sits there and wallows and why me okay so, so let me answer it in a slightly different way we as humans look at other people yeah and we genuinely see the fruits of their labor now let's let's stick with money right because most people i know we say happiness and all that but whether we like it or not most people say success or look at success is is is, is material Absolutely. nice house so fancy car blah 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 right so we look at these people and we normally think they went to a better school, they've got a degree, they've got this, they've got that, or their dad to money. You know, we use this, this excuse that why they're different from me, and it's just not true. It's bullshit, excuse the French, but it's bullshit, Scott. For me, everybody has that potential. I call it sing the song. Everybody has the potential to sing their song, right? Their passion, their purpose, whatever you want to call I don't want to be, be corny. But everybody has it, right? Some people will never find it because of society, because of your mindset, because they've been told their whole lives, you know, they're not good enough, et etc. Et, et cetera. You know and I know that it's just a matter of making a decision. Unfortunately, some people need to hit rock bottom before they come up. My mindset is, don't wait till it hits like that. Do yeah. something about it now. So yes, yeah, you know the answer
1: is 100%. Everybody has it in them. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think you hit the nail in the head there, are certainly one significant factor in why quite often people don't discover their voices, you say, or their, their purpose, their principles, because of this idea of, of fear, of judgment. Um, you actually reminded me of a really great quote um, or, or, or phrase uh, or little story. And it basically says that people think. That the biggest danger is to reach out and go from the employed person to become a business owner. I don't think you doing your own right to start to grow our business. And failing, people think that is where the, the danger, the, the, the problems are, or the, or the, the risk is. When in fact, the danger and what holds we'll people back normally is the fact that they never get to stand at the front of the stage and they get to a stage in life where it's then too late. And that's the danger, is we even, it's so late, it's too late to do anything, and you're from regretting So, okay, so people have or can, through strategies and processes, become successful. Now, here we are in the middle, i said that before, I've said that a few times, we're saying it every day, of, you know, I mean, I don't know if you've seen it, James, but the employment rate in America is, is greater than it's ever been. And although we are here in the UK, and the UK is doing great things, often a lot of the world... is is sort of governed around what the U.S. do in terms of the dollar and and their economy. But they're they're facing the worst unemployment rate ever because of the coronavirus. These things, these principles, I mean, should people accept that the times they wait right now and just wait the way after the other side is? Or is it still possible to make changes yourself in your business and and actually try and become better right now? Yeah, okay. It's a a dead easy one. People
0: cannot stick their head in the sand can't first of all it serves no purpose Yeah, it serves absolutely no purpose this lockdown should not be treated as chill out time now by the way i've got to say i am actually enjoying it right and i'll tell you why i know that sounds nuts i'm getting to i'm, I'm, I'm stress free and i don't get stressed anyway but i am stress free i have accepted Handled and dealt There's nothing I can change There's nothing I can do So let's focus on what I can do So let me answer that that, that question So four weeks ago Myself I, I um, literally woke up I think we, we talked about this uh, the other day I literally woke up And 90% of my business Was gone I was email after email after email Now by the way I have terms and conditions in all my contracts That say 30 days notice I knew I couldn't hold anybody to that. You know, it, hands up, it is what it is, I get your point, I understand, and I just had to let it happen. Yeah. And I, me- I remember that day, literally felt like crying, because I thought, I've built up this business that I love. I mean, I don't even want the right words, this business that that every ounce of me, every waiting minute of me, I know I ain't saying crazy, but every waiting minute in my life, revolves around my business, or well, my family, of course, but my business. It's always there because I love it. It's like having a hobby. It's like, it's like I imagine a football player to feel like a singer. That's how I feel with my business. I agree. And, I totally agree. I get that, yeah. Yeah, and, and I felt like it was crumbling. So that day, I didn't have a very good day. And, I, and I'm and I'm, I'm, I'm in my fitness, I always, I'm going running, I train probably five or six days a week. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a fitness fanatic by any means. But I I like to keep myself fit. And I remember, so the next day I got up early, I went for my run. My wife comes up with me, she goes on the bike. So she goes on the bike and I go go running because she's too bloody slow. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I remember almost like, again, I don't want to be calling, but almost like this clarity of, you know, I've still got this. It hasn't went away. I came in the house and you obviously can't see, but right in front of me, I have got a massive I'm a big goal setter, right? And I don't put a lot of people all oh, goals don't work, blah blah blah. Goals are just the the end, the or the visualized part of where you want to take yourself, your business, your people. And the 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 goals in between are the plan for me is the strategy, right? Call it what you want. Goals and strategy kills everything, right? right. So I'm a big goal setter. So I come in and I literally sprayed my board and I wiped it. And I thought, okay. Everything I've built is still there. My customers and clients are still there. You know, I've got nearly 19,000 connections on LinkedIn. You know, I've got over 200 uh, five-star testimonials on Google. And, and I'm thinking, my business is still there. It just has to change. First of all, I can't sell. So I thought to myself, what can I do? I can literally put my business online. So I that. I did. And I remember going through all these expensive options, uh, you know, the the Adobe uh, thing and all these different options. I thought, you know what? I can do this. So literally what I did is I reached out to all my customers and I basically says, look, they're a special offer. Everything's online. Let me know uh, if there's anything that can help you, your team. This is the best opportunity to train your people to really get the strong mindset, to really build that for when we come out of this. And a company, so a company I've been working for a while in Saudi, believe it or not, says, oh yeah, I've got, I've got a team of people that I would love you to train. Cha-ching. And I just took it for there. This was literally just changing the mindset again. So, oh shit, I've lost it. Actually, you know what? It's all still there, I just need to pivot. So I just went through everything that I do, looked at all the options, you know, and, and started to just pivot and evolve and all of a sudden, I started to love my business
1: again, started well, I mean, to get excited. That's a good point, because now, I, everything you said that I agree with 100%, James, is we all immediately had that shit like that. And it maybe not even been a, it was an uncertainty type. Of, I, I literally don't know what's going to happen next week or whatever. Um, but some of us were able to go through a, like a process um, to, in order to, to either pivot our business or adapt to it, uh, to the circumstances. What would be some of the things that you would say that if I was that business owner still, although we have been locked down for, what, three or four weeks now, and um, we're, you know, we're, we're well used to the circumstances, it's nothing nothing new to us now. For somebody listening that's like, I'm still petrified, I'm still a bit uncertain, I don't know. And I've spoke to some business owners that, like, that's it, it's done. What would you suggest that they do in order to go, like, no, no, it's not over. This is what you need to do in order to try and just start to get a plan in place give me some of the stuff that you went through or that you would recommend they go through right first of all what is it i
0: do well what is it i do really really well and i started with that and then i thought okay what does what are my customers now like i said the first couple of weeks you couldn't sell anything that's changing now but the first couple of weeks it was no don't sell anything just let people know you're there yeah so what can i do well And then I thought, but what is my customers going to need when they come out of this? Because if I'm feeling like that, they're feeling like that. So I I started to think about what are they going to need more than anything else when they come out of this? Yeah? And I started to build and and, and evolve what I currently do now so that when people come out of this, because um, they will, and people will still have to invest in their business, how can I help them? And by the way, there's a lot of companies that have done that. A lot of companies right now are out there doing that, offering free courses and, you know, and helping people. And what you're basically doing is you're letting your potential customers know you're still there because the alternative is this. You do your gardening, you mess about, you, you fix things in the house, you drink too much, you got you know. The alternative is you do nothing because it's the winners, by the way, and by the way, there's always winners and losers, unfortunately. The winners will be the people who who, who who pivoted the business, who modified the business, and who thought about their customers when they're starting to come out of this. So they help them during it, even if it's a phone call. You know, I, I was working with a, with a company, um, and, and they sell a telephone system, t- telephony, but internet and things like that. Yeah. And I said to them, everybody will start to realize how crap their internet system is, and how crap their telephone systems are right now, because. Everybody's online. Go and ask them. How can you help? What can you do for them right now, free of charge? Right now, free of charge. And then you can defer it for six months or payment or what? What can you help them with right now? What things Absolutely. are they needing? And that's that's what I did, and that's what businesses have to do. They're still their business, still there. They're still really good at something. Find out what their customers need.
1: What are their pains, and what are they going to need even more so when they come out of this? A great example, just in what you spoke about there, um, being very close to the financial uh, service industry, James. I seen a um, mortgage uh, financial small mortgage and, yeah, mortgage provider uh, or mortgage broker, should I say, small firm. Obviously, right now with the uncertainty of people buying houses and you know um, certain governmental departments closed, so you can't even. Potentially register a new purchase or buy anything, and all the rest of it. They, they they actually done. They started. Now you can always, if you've got a mortgage, you can phone up your own lender and just ask them about the mortgage holiday. So it's quite straightforward. But there are obviously people out there that don't really know what to do, where to phone, and, and what they started to do was they started to offer free advice on mortgage holidays. And I thought you can't charge for it. You're just giving some free generic advice to the people that are unsure. But you know what you're doing is it's great brand awareness. You're out there doing your bit for the community in terms of helping people, but you're also for when this, when the dust settles, you're now capturing all of these clients that say, do you know what, remember that company that helped us when we didn't really know what the hell we we're doing? Let's give them a phone now that we need a new mortgage. That's it. That's it. That's and it, exactly it. And it's so simple, and yet I think so. I'm glad you brought that up, actually, about what, what can we do for businesses now that our clients now, should I say, that would mean that we can keep in touch with them, we know, they know that we're here, we're still trading to some extent, uh, but more importantly, when the, time does, when the time is right for them, that we're front of mind to be able to, for them to come back to us, obviously for whatever service it is. And I think if you're offering that, what like you say that to any company, if you're offering free advice on you know, how to get remote working up and running for your small business, I mean, I tell you what, there will be companies now that will put certain things in place for the likes of this kind of catastrophe situation. And if you're a telephony company and you know, you've got a service in place that means that the minute something happens, I mean, well, God forbid your office went on fire, or, but if you ever need to work remo- you know, work remotely again, you phone that one company and bang, they sort you out within one day and your business is still continuing to go. Um, so I think a lot of business owners will be thinking a bit differently as well about some contingencies that they need to do. so. But it's it's true in what you're saying that unfortunately there will be winners and there will be losers and, and, and the only kind of light at the end of the tunnel is for the people that are being dynamic, that are pivoting, that are being adapting to the current situation and that are remaining positive. And, and just as I came on to the positive mindset, I know that you know that is a big, a big I have wrote here because being a sales guy at heart and, and I know sales is very important to you but you have mindset in sales you have a a program, a part of what you teach is, is about the sales mindset, and 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 I think you describe it. Well, I won't steal your thumb because I think you've got a nice way of describing it actually. <laughs> um, uh, but um, but tell me tell me more about that because okay, we know now that businesses need to do certain things. Business owners need to do um, need to do certain things. But when it comes to the sales side of it, and you know, tell me a little bit more about that because you know everybody wants to sell more. Everyone wants to. I, I actually done a video and spoke about if there was ever a time that you need to refine what you do, and you need to have your explanation of services is so good that literally every client would be able to convert. Now is that time to get it that good. Um, but tell me, when it comes to sales and the sales mindset, tell me, what, what is it you do and what would you recommend? So for me, it's
0: pretty simple. So I actually, um, for, for I, I believe that we're always selling all the time, right? The problem with sales is most people, when, when, when you talk about sales, people automatically think salesy. I don't, I don't want to be salesy. I, I don't like selling, right? If you don't like selling, you shouldn't be in business. Yes. Just plain and simple. But, but, but it should never be about, you know, my mindset is it's never about the, the, the sale itself. It's about understanding the customer or the client. So most people never really would. So when they go into, let's say a networking, and this is where I where originally kind of thought about it. I was going to networking events. Now, the first year in business, I did a lot of networking. I don't really do networking any longer, but I did a lot of networking and it was the same people in the same me groups and nobody was doing business. And then you would get the odd person that got, would just sell, 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 buy, buy, buy. And I thought, people don't understand how how they're wasting their time. If they're, if they're, if they're no understanding people and talking and asking the right questions and, and asking for a bloody meeting. You know, you know, how about I come to your office, Bugger the cups of coffee. Like, no. Let's have a chat. Let's have a proper chat. You know, 45 minutes sitting down so I can find out a wee bit about you and your business. Not sell anything. So I created this thing called, the, again, the seven steps. And it's a, it's about, first of all, I'll call it social media stalking. You know, understand who they are. Who is Scott? What does he do? Where is he from? Where did he go on holiday? What is his likes? What kind of things does he, does he like on LinkedIn? Has he wrote any posts? So really understanding them. Because if you really understand do you do enough preparation, you're then able to go in and sit in front of somebody and ask really good questions. And that's yeah. the key. Ask yeah. really, really good questions. Because if you're asking the questions, you're in control. But if you run out of questions and you don't know what to say because you haven't done your research or your, 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 the, the, kind of the preparation and, uh, up front, then you wouldn't know what questions to ask. So it's, it's a, and obviously there's a lot of it's not just about asking questions because there's bits in there as well, what type of questions, what ended when you ask them, you know, the the follow up question. So what you're saying is so there's a whole that's a whole module and so on its own, and then you've got really good questions lead to you know great conversations. Like now, you when know, you ask really good questions, conversations lead to relationships, then people start to open up. Once yeah. you build a relationship with somebody, they start to tell you a lot of you know, and in fact, one of the best sales calls I ever went on, all I did was ask question after question, after question, after question, and follow up question. And when I was leaving, the guy says, by the way, you know too much about my business. <laughs> 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 Cha-ching! Yeah. And then I said, I, I thought, so it's questions, relationships, relationships lead to opportunities. Listen, stay silent, you know, silent and listen. So, shut up when they when they're talking and that leads to obviously opportunities opportunities then lead to recommendations you know it's because of the fact Scott that you'd say to me that you were really struggling with this this and this you know i would love the opportunity to come back in and I would and show you that this particular product you know when's good for you yeah now the first meeting or the first, you know so for me there's a process and if you follow it the ultimate goal is obviously to walk away with a sale but if you don't that's okay you know, if I'm sitting down with a, with a potential client and they say to me and we can, through and I can't turn around and say to them it's because of the fact you said, if I can't say that, then I would rather recommend them to by the way, I know a guy, Scott, absolutely great guy, financial. He'll he'll be able to really help you. Do you mind if I give you Scott's number or, or, or pass your details on? Because that becomes trust. And and that's that's the sales process. Most salespeople go, they miss the preparation. They do a couple of questions and they try and jump into clothes. Or they go in and they go, nah, 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 nah. It's never about you. Think about this. Here's a, here's a, a good one for you. So imagine we're we're in a a crowd, right? And we've been on a training course, Scott, and they take a picture, It's on the OR you know, certificates, and then they post it the next day. Who's the first person you look for? Yourself always. We love ourselves. So it's all about them. And that's what most salespeople need to remember. It's never about you, your product, your service. It's about your client or your potential customer. That's what it's about. If you do that, if you really do that, particularly now more than ever, find out who your dream customer are. Go and Google them. Find out what they're talking about. Go into their LinkedIn profile. See who their sales, find out what they're talking. Because by the way, they'll be talking about their problems Mm. right now. Go and create a
1: solution. Yeah. Talk to them. It's, it's very, it's, it's actually, um, it's, it's all very strange because a book uh, that I re-listened to very recently, I finished it on Monday, Tuesday, just this week, um, was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, and I don't know if you've read it. I have. But it sounds like you have. Um, <laughs> because, because it is a classic uh, example. You're right. The, we're, we're so caught up and ourselves we, we want to tell people more about how what we're doing and how we're doing it and and so on and and and, and really a client is not interested in that and i know that i reminded myself just on that for my sales team and i wrote down that i wanted to get the sales team uh, with the mindset that we sell our number one priority is to deliver what the client wants whether that means that we sell or not to go into the, the call genuinely Look, not thinking about commission, not thinking about selling anything, just with our sole purpose is to help the client. It's a true, genuine sort of way. You know, you're not saying, I'm going to kid on to myself. I really just want to help the client, but I really just want to get a deal because I want to make my commission. You go in with a pure, true, good intention. And as a byproduct, all the good things will happen thereafter. And that's just something you've touched on there, because I do think now is a great time. My business has went from... was face-to-face, James. And now we are transitioning onto the telephone. And even some of our clients are wanting video call. I'm business to consumer. So not as many people are happy with uh, just via telephone call versus a, a Zoom call or whatever. And I've said to the sales team, remember, this is different now from what we were doing. Pivot. This is different. But I need you to remind yourselves that you are going in there to help the client. And even if that means you give advice, guidance, help, support... You know, um, sort of recommendations and it makes us as a business and you zero money, then that's fine. That is success. That yeah. we've done what we're supposed to do. Because see if you have a, that intention for long enough, good things will come back to you. Sure, there's certain boxes and things and doors you need to close, but business will come back to you because people, you know, they, they get that feeling from you, don't you? If you're truly out there to help them, it does come across in your whole presentation. Um. Okay, so that now that is your now you you call you never, I thought you were going to you, you've called it on your LinkedIn profile your swagger, I thought you were yes, going swagger. Man, that's just <laughs> the sales mindset swagger. That's yes. what the course is called. Not on a sales
0: it's course. It's actually two parts. So part one is so you're basically learning the fundamentals, uh, and it's it's like an eight hour training program between seven and eight hours face-to-face, well, I'm now putting it online, but it's a, it was a face-to-face workshop, it was normally done with sales teams, and then the second part is is a month later, and it's a half-day workshop, and basically, this is the accountability, because most people, you know this to be true, and you've probably done it yourself, you go to a workshop, a training program, you love it, you leave, life kicks in, shit kicks in, it all goes to buggery, you don't follow the process, a waste of money. Right. So what I then do is the half-day follow-up is they're coming and they're going to present a particular opportunity or a particular client that they've always wanted to land, and they're going to come back with the full seven steps of how they're going to do this. So they're literally coming to me with a plan and how they're going to do this. And then the follow-up to that is I then task their sales manager or sales director to basically monitor what happens through these calls, and then obviously then there's an upsell. Meet when I go in and I sit with the teams and I, I do a sales call with them, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I call it swagger because it's a bit, it's a bit it's a, kind of, swagger for me means that self-confidence, not, not, not arrogance, swagger, self-confidence. You know that you know that person inside out, you've done your homework, it's all about them and you're just getting there and it's just relaxed. You know, you're, you're relaxed. It should never be, a need a sale, I need a sale, I need a sale. It's, it's slow the process. So I call it slow it right down. You slow that process down. You speed up the, the end result. Yeah. And and that's it. And, and let me give you a brilliant example. Um, So last year, this time last year almost exactly, I had a lot of clients one-to-one. So I did business coaching one-to-one. And I had a lot of one-to-one clients, Scott. And for the construction industry, so joiners, you know, bricklayers, plumbers, and I was asking them. Obviously, you know, my training, business acumen, understanding P and L, and understanding investment. So I was sitting down, I was asking them about the PL and I'd say, so, what does your P and L look like? And have you, can you let me see it? And like, like as if I'd spoken a foreign language, and I'd say, you So what does it? What's the cost of sale? And you know, what, what, when you price a job, what's the, what's the profitability in it? And and I would say eighty percent hadn't got a clue. And by the way, these guys are making good money, right? Yeah. But I hadn't got a clue. It was literally money and money and money and money. They didn't understand that, that you know. So for example, how are they gonna grow a business if they don't even understand how to build it? Yeah. They're never gonna do that. Times like this, this is when their business falls apart. Anyway, so I then went to the, the CITB, which is the Construction District Training Board, and I says, look, I wanna build a program for your construction people, you've got a lot of money, a lot of funds available to get this, this thing funded. So for the last 12 months, by the way, this has took 12 months, I've been working back and forth and back and forth and back and forth to build a construction-specific business program that allows construction industry people joiners. Uh, does they cover plumbing or electrical, unfortunately? Obviously, they can join, but they need to pay. And, and it's specifically for them. And it takes them through this process of, so first of all, start with the end in mind. You know, what is it? Is it a lifestyle business? Is it a business to sell? What is the business? What is it? What does it mean? And then take them through this program so that at the end of the program, they know and understand when they discount somebody 20%, they know how much they need to add on to their next sale. People don't get that. So it's teaching them that process. And that was basically understanding, again, going back to your customer, what does my customers really need? And that's the key right now is whether it's sale, because it's hard to sell right now. I mean, it's really difficult. Um, now I'm going to say this, you should still be selling. Just do it different. Yeah. Do it different. Change your tone. Don't throw a million uh, emails at somebody. Don't, th- I mean, LinkedIn right now, holy moly. You know, that's not, that's not how you should be doing it. You should be going to people and saying, "By the way, you know, listen, how's things going? I've got a couple of things that's going on. Absolutely, if you're interested, great. If not, don't worry about it. Or, you know, here's a wee free. I don't know if you've noticed. I do it every week. I put up a free workbook, whether it's on niche or it's on sales. So I'm giving away a lot of free stuff. now. Um, just wee bit tips and, and tricks. And and it's just because what it does is when I come out of this, I want people to remember who I am, what I've done. You know, all about my values, and, 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 and I, 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 thought, I suppose that's the, the key with the sales. With everything I do, it's really understanding who your customers are. What do they need more than ever? What are they feeling? Because they're feeling the same way me and you feel. Yeah. It's, so that's, that's the key for me in sales, coming through the, the, this process, is just
1: adapt, pivot, modify, and evolve. Perfect. Perfect. Now, just before, because I want you to just tell where, where, where everybody can see more about you. But just 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 clarify what one to seven. This seven steps to success. Just run through them. What's number one, two, three, and so on? Right. So your first step is mindset. Yeah. So you've got to
0: have a you know a strong mindset. So we always start with the mindset. Now, what is mindset? We actually actually do a scoring system. So anybody any of our courses, the very first thing is they do a, a mindset scoring system. And then and that tells them where their kind of mindset is right now, and then we talk about mindset and what it is then we talk about potential right and so what is what is potential? what does it mean Do we all have unlimited potential or are we limited by where we're from, what school we went to, et cetera, et etc because that's what people believe. So if you imagine uh, building a house, I talk about the foundations are the key to any success if you have poor foundations, poor mindset. The rest will fall apart. The first hurdle you come up against, you know, COVID-19, a lot of people that don't have that real strong mindset and, and start to fall away and hide in the sand. And then we, we, we go for it with potential to belief. So if we believe this to be true, why is that? I think it was uh, uh, Henry Ford, if you think you can or think you can't, you're right. So where does that come from? Yeah. Well, why, why do we think like that? Why do we self-sabotage? Why do we procrastinate? So we go into that kind of belief system, where it comes from, why we are the way we are. And then we talk about a thing called the success formula. Now, I believe all success in any man, woman or child falls into a particular system. You've got to, first of all, you've got to think you can do it. Then you've got to take action and you've got to have a set of goals to follow or a destination. And that's called my success formula. Obviously I get into that in detail. And then the next step is the power of feedback. So the fifth part is the power of feedback. Because when you give or receive feedback, we are pre-programmed through life, not no birth, through experiences, not to enjoy feedback. For example, somebody comes up to you, Scott, and says, said, Scott, can I give you a wee bit of feedback here, mate? What's the first thing you're going to think?
1: All oh, right, you've done something wrong, they're going to criticize you <laughs> or you know, whatever, yeah. Not, got, not <laughs> good anyway. And it's, and it's so far from the truth. Yeah. Because if we learn, really
0: learn to understand feedback, we can first of all give it better, and then secondly receive it. Now you, know, you yeah. talked about failure at the, the, the start of this program. Failure is part of the process. I've failed more times last year than most people have, have, have been you know, in their lives. Because yeah. if you don't fail, you don't know, you don't learn. You know, I have been through some expensive failures, really expensive failures. And so anyway, it's about understanding. So power of feedback, giving and receiving, and your personal, the wee voice. You know that wee voice? Yeah. And a lot of people say to me, yeah, a lot of people say to me, I don't have a wee voice. I'll say, it's the wee voice that's telling me you don't have a wee voice. <laughs> that's your self talk. So it's about understanding that, self talk and being in control. And then we talk about a thing called peak performance. So the sixth step is, I think, peak performance. Now, a lot of people call it time management. I don't, because management prefers control. You can't control time. You can only control your use of it. So I talk about peak performance. How can you, how can I teach you, so looking at what you do right now, your job, to only focus on five things for the rest of the week that will drive the highest value? You know, there's a lot of different uh, connotations of it, but for mine, I call it the peak performance. So the five key things, was it eating a frog is one of them as well. They talk about, yeah. you can only do one thing. Well, I talk about five things, the power of five, and that's peak performance. I hear a great example it is. So I'm going to give you a wish. So Scott, I'm going to imagine right in the front of your living room right now, there's a, 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 a four metre wide oak tree, right? And I'm going to give you a, a nice big, Beautiful, brand new, sharp axe, and I'm going to ask you to cut the uh, cut the tree down. But there's a rule. The rule is, you're only allowed to hit it five times a day, and you're not allowed to hit it in the same place. How long is it going to take you to cut down the tree? Oh, forever. Right. Same tree, same everything. We're going to change the rules. Five times every day in the same place over and over again. How long is it going
1: to take you to cut down the tree? No time at all. A hell of a lot quicker.
0: I, so thought you, I
1: thought you were going to tell me you were going to give me a chainsaw. <laughs> see, See when you get good at this, it's like having a chainsaw. <laughs> that, 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 that I can relate to,
0: yeah. <laughs> so that's then we fight. We, 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 the, the final step is, is, is goal setting and defining. So most people actually don't understand goals. And, and, and what they do wrong is they look at goals as the final destination. And, and, and they so they, they, they say, oh, I set goals. And I'll say, let me see them. Oh, well, I don't really write them down. Or, oh, oh I wrote it down in January. So that's, that's nonsense, right? So it's about really understanding what is a goal, properly defining a goal, and then having a plan. I get, you know, for the next three months, for the next month, for the next week, and for the next day, you know, a daily plan to achieve your goals. So, so if you go back to the tree scenario, every day you're chipping away at the tree The tree isn't going to fall down in a week, but it will fall if you take consistent actions, the right actions. And what that also does is it allows you to see your failures really quick. So what's working and what's not. And by the way, that's called self-reflection. That's something that I actually teach is every, every Saturday. I teach all the people who work with me on a Saturday, take two hours out of their day, whether it's the morning or the afternoon or whenever and just look at their goals, look at their, what happened that week, and ask ourselves, what went well? What went not so well? What can I do better next week?
1: The power is unbelievable. And, and that's the seven steps. And by the way, James, we have never spoken about reflection to each other, but it has been one of the most, um, it has been the, the one thing that I've done in my life that has probably made the biggest impact in my business is actually been able to sort of reflect back on my week and, uh, and really analyze what's, what you just said there, what's when, well, writing it down, coming up with ideas, and see the actual the ideas that are generated from it, In um, the West, very powerful. So, and we've never spoken about that, but I would agree with you, uh, it's is really, really powerful. Um, I'm going to just give you a, a, a little uh, minute of a credit here, because I think now more than ever, but whether you're a one-man band, or whether you've got a large organization, see having some form of coach in their life right now, to, to hold people accountable and people can kid themselves on if they want and say I don't need a coach, I can do it myself it's like having a personal trainer it's like chopping the big tree down using the same, you know, a nice sharp axe at the same spot every day having that personal trainer or having that coach in their life if you have someone holding you accountable and driving you on every single day and every single week, keeping you right from going off track I think right now that is exactly what business owners should be looking for and, and should be putting into their life, um, because I just think it's like it's like a second person pushing you on. It's hard enough doing it yourself. If you have someone else that's just pushing you on every day, you're going to get through this with with sort of ideas and motivation to go on and really kick you. And I tell you what, see the businesses that can survive this and and grow. You know, I, I don't. I think there will be losers and you no know, people that will die away. But see the people that can come through this with the right sort of mentality, the right business principles and strategies and processes in place. They're going to become even bigger and stronger. But having someone like say, yourself there can really, really help, help them on that there. So thanks for coming on and sharing some of that stuff uh, with us. I've took a holiday of notes, I always do, and I'll certainly be looking back on it and I'll no doubt do a little bit of content on it. Um, but if somebody wants to know more about you, James, and the power within as a business, or where to get your programs, because I know they're like never where do we where do we get more of you? Plain and simple,
0: LinkedIn. Uh, James James Fleming, uh, the power within. Um, I am. I'm all over LinkedIn um, website, uh, the yeah. and uh, Facebook. I'm on Facebook,
1: Facebook business. um I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Yeah, uh, most people nowadays are easy to get a hold of. So James Fleming, the power within, everywhere and anywhere. You you'll get a hold of you somewhere. Yes, if you type
0: if you type in the power thin, I'm probably one of the, the first things that will come up as a hit. Um, I I mean, like I said, it's for me right now. If even if you can't go just to close, if you can't go to your customers or clients right now because of the type of business you're in, use it to, 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 to develop your professional self. Read some good books. Do some sales training. I mean, stick your hand to hundred quid in your pocket and spend it on something worthwhile. You know, do something. Don't stick your head in the sand, because um, I have seen the fruits of. By the way, also a lot of my business was face to face. I had, I loved face to face. I actually had a, a little bit of a fear of the whole online. S- I t- yeah. Now I don't know
1: how I'm going to do business not online. No, no, <laughs> I know. I, I, I've, I've, I've never had to use. And even though we are using Zoom right now, I've still very few of my clients of, you know, as I said it's mostly telephone calls. But. Um, but no, I mean, it's actually, it's, it shows the ease. It, people out there thinking, I don't know how to get in touch with that person. It is so easy to connect with anybody anywhere now. There, there really is no excuse. I think the biggest thing for people, for business owners, is really what's going up in their head. Um, just one, because I know you've got some training shortly, one little story. I was reading I was reading a story about, it was actually over in America, and the, the, the cities and the states don't matter. Um, but it was a coach, a business coach over there. He had one person reach out to him. He owned a restaurant quite in a big city. And he was basically complaining to this business coach who was telling the story that effectively his business is over. It's ruined. There's nothing he can do. Um, and he, he mentioned to them why. I mean, but restaurants nowadays are jam-packed with delivery services, You know, with, with you know, delivery and collection services. What? And and he's, the business coach said he gave me four or five reasons why he couldn't do um, delivery. You know, one the staff wouldn't come in, and you know he's having problems. And you know, there's no parking outside, so people could park up. And right now in America, you can still collect things. It's been a bit stricter over here in the UK. And he says, in and, and the very same week, he spoke to another business owner in a sit, in a state that was a fraction actually more than a more than a town, a large town that was a fraction of the size in terms of population, that was doing more sales than they've ever done prior to this, because they transitioned to doing, and it was a restaurant, same business, different states, the smaller guy, if you like, the smaller business owner, was absolutely killing it. And the simple reason was, it's just because of his mindset, his mentality. He, he didn't have a, oh dear, you know, poor me, whining, complaining, and gossiping about coronavirus. He rolled his sleeves up, he came up with a sort of a, a pivot, a transition to his business. They adapted and now they're having huge success. And I think ultimately, in these times, I spoke about it in our call yesterday, but in these times, that is ultimately and really the key thing that all business owners really should be doing right now is thinking how they adapt. Absolutely. I mean, I ran a workshop
0: not last week but the week before um, for a company in Saudi. Normally, I would have had to jump in a flight. Fly to Saudi, spend a week there, you know, and I could I could cut all that cost out. So these guys thought they're getting this an amazing deal,
1: profitable wise. I still made it bit the same. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't have all the additional cost. Absolutely. Good, good. You know well, James, thanks so much. Um, like I says, um, I'm sure there's going to be people out there that are going to learn a ton from this. So we'll get this up asap so that people can really hear from you. Um, and um, yeah thanks so much for spending that time sharing some of your knowledge with us absolute
0: pleasure Scott any time absolutely any time mate